Hello and welcome again to Bathroom Mirror Teachings, where tonight we're going to discuss clarity with your needs and intentions. What does it mean to be clear? You know, they have those um, grocery shopping apps. You fill out what you're looking for. You hit send and you pay for it and it goes to the grocery store. And there's a clerk who goes around with that list and puts the things into the cart that you've requested. Now, imagine if you said, I want a pound of butter. Do you want a pound of salted butter or a pound of unsalted butter? Because you're going to get what that person decides to give you because you want a pound of butter. So in order to get what you need, you must be clear and specific. If you want milk on your list, what kind of milk? Do you want a quarter? Do you want a liter? Do you want two liters? Do you want four liters? So if you say, I want four liters of homogenized Dairyland milk, what are you going to get? Four liters of homogenized Dairyland milk. If you ask for exactly what you need, you will get exactly what you need. Picture the universe. People say picture the universe as a genie. No. Picture the universe as a store clerk. Why? Because if you give clear instructions, you will always get what you have asked for. You need to be clear. And how are we clear? How do we become clear? We become clear when the need arises. I know some people say you can't ask for something in the absence of it. Well, how do you know that you need it if it's not absent? So the key to asking for what you need, be specific in what you need, because what you need, depending on the level of emotion, okay? So you need that rent paid. There's a sense of panic and urgency there. So you don't want to use the panic per se, but you want to use the urgency because the urgency would sound like this. I need to have my rent paid by the first of the month so that I can be faithful to my earthly responsibilities. Instead of, oh my God, oh my God, I really need to have my rent paid. Are we going to get evicted? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Who's going to help me? You see the difference? You know you need to have the rent paid. So you say, I need this much. I need $1,000 by this date in order for me to be faithful to my earthly responsibilities. You see now, the universe is a whole and it expands. The minute a need is created or a hole because something is missing, a void When a void is created, things start to collapse. This is why the universe must fill an actual need. A need is different energetically from a want. 
a need creates a hole, a void, a vacuum that must be filled or things will collapse upon themselves. A want is, meh, I could live with or live without. The key is, have your wants become your needs. How do you do that? Now, I'm a very simple person in life. It doesn't necessarily take much to please me. But I grew up that way with a minimalist mentality. Now, what I'm learning is that is a good thing and sometimes not a good thing because it can keep you stuck in the loop of, oh, I don't need more, which is disguised because I don't need more can sometimes mean, oh, there's not enough, so I, may, I better not ask. I don't need more than this. You see? This is why awareness of how you're feeling is key. And people say, oh, that's so much work. Actually, the easiest thing to do is to spend time in silence with yourself. Just breathing, whether you're sitting, laying down, standing, walking, but you're breathing and you're just watching your thoughts like they're clouds. Or you're watching them like traffic in your rearview mirror. If you drive and you look through your rearview mirror all the time, you're going to miss what's happening in front of you. Hmm? Now, if you are looking at the clouds and you're fixated on one, you'll miss the beauty of the rest of the sky. So the key is to allow things to come into view and let them pass through your view. Because that way, when a need arises, you look at it and you say, ah, I need this. But you don't attach the desperation to it, which is a negative energy, which is an energy that, mm, just life-sucking. You don't want that. You don't want a negative energy. The energy that you want from your need is an energy of, you know what? I'm here in this physical realm and I need this for my survival. It's an acknowledgement of the need instead of a fear or panic of the need. Let me recap this for you. When you need something, when a need arises, you sit down and you write out what that need is, if that works for you, me, I'm a chatty Cathy, and so I get in the bathroom mirror, and I look myself in the eyes, and I tell myself what I need. Why? Because somebody's going to have to look for this. There's got to be a runner to go and get it. So the more specific you are with your requirements, the easier it is to have that requirement met, and the faster the requirement is met. So don't send your helper, a.k.a. the universe, to look for butter. Because it doesn't know what kind of butter you want, what size of butter, what brand of butter. So it's just, it won't do anything because we don't know what kind of butter you want. You know what? I need one pound of lactansia butter. Salted. Be specific. Because when the universe goes out looking for your request, it can be fulfilled for you. 
the more clear you are, the better your chances and the faster your chances of having what you're seeking come to you. And I want to leave you with that. But I also want to say there's lots of other methods out there that you can use. Some people use law of attraction. Some people use, I know there's one called transurfing. Now, I don't know what that is. All I experience and I know, which I am sharing with you to inspire you to do, is to seek your inner guidance. You know why? Because your inner guidance will tell you what you need to do. If you open up that two-way communication between you and your soul, your spirit, your higher self, your guide, doesn't matter, it's all you at the end of the day. Open up that two-way dialogue of trust and you will always know what you need to do. Because why? Your, your higher self will say, I need more information. Tell me more. And it will draw it out of you until you become specific. But the only way to know this is to experience it for yourself. Because Arthur is such a kind and gentle teacher. That's how come I understand that I'm supposed to be clear and specific with my needs. So that Arthur can bring me back the perfect match. You see? So, be encouraged to get to know yourself. Look yourself in the eyes. Trust yourself. Despite, there's nothing wrong with listening to what other people have to share. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what did you experience that now has become a knowing instead of a belief? You see? Now, I leave you with that. Happy getting to know yourself. Mm -hmm. I love it. Because it will feel incredible. <laughs> yes, it will. With that, I bid you adieu. Much love. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in today. Today's podcast is about the will. The will. I interpret the will as one's desire to exist, to live, to be, to breathe. You know, we've said it all sometimes. Oh, this person has such a strong will to live. Such a fighter. What a strong will you have to live. That's what it is. Now, I've tried to record this. Well, I shouldn't say try to. I have recorded it and deleted it many, many times. Because I, I want to get the point across to you that we all have the will to live, to be, to survive, to thrive. We all have that will. But for some reason, we've forgotten that that will is inherent in every single one of us. We've forgotten. There are many effects in the world, meaning there are many, mm, there are many 
reasons why people do things that are harmful to someone else's life. But to me, in my opinion, there's only one cause. And that cause is because we have forgotten. We have forgotten that the people we encounter want the exact same thing that you do, which is to live. We want to live. And this is why I don't like guns. People say, it is my right to bear arms. Oh my God, it is. You have one on the left of you and one on the right. And if you choose to wear short sleeves, you have bare arms. You can bear arms. You bear them every day because they're at your sides. One on the left and one on the right. A gun has one purpose. And that is to end a life. You can't eat with it. You can't sweep the floor with it. You can't mop the floor with it. You can't drive it. You... It's not a decorative peace it has one purpose and that is to end a life now people say i have the right what you are saying in effect is you have the right to live that's what you're saying you have the right to live and you're going to defend that right to live but what if you didn't have to defend your life. That's my point today with the will. Everyone has that desire to live. And if we respected that desire to live in each other, we would never have to defend our right to life. You don't have to defend what is yours. For instance, my father always says, lock your door. And I say, why? Why do I have to lock my door? Why do I have to put my name on my sandwich in the fridge? Is it your sandwich? Is the stuff inside of my house yours? No, it is not. It is mine. So I shouldn't have to have a gun in my house to defend my life because somebody's breaking in and trying to take my life. Your life is valuable and your life is beautiful. And need not be defended. Just like I don't have to defend mine. But you see that? We have forgotten it. Because we're caught up. We are caught up. What are we caught up in? <laughs> we're not even caught up in living life, you know. <laughs> if we were caught up in living life and expressing the beauty that there is in life, we wouldn't have to defend it. So what are we caught up in? We're caught up in things. 
oh, this is mine, that's mine. We are caught up in things. We, ha we have a name for everything. We have a name for everything. And in Barbadian culture, my grandparents, I guess, you know, they'd always say, you have a plaster for every sore or a bandage for every wound. We have a name for everything. But there are some things, there's one thing that cannot be named, really. It just is, which is the will to live. The will to be and to exist. That does not require a name. It just requires to be understood and to be respected. But we have a name for everything. Here's a name. Capitalism. Where you will step over anybody to get something. We frown upon communism. We frown upon socialism. We frown upon fascism. Oh my God. Every single one of those things is an encroachment upon the will of one to live. Because if you remembered and understood that each person you encounter simply wants the same as you. To live, we wouldn't have to have a food bank because if someone was hungry and they came and they said, please help me, we would share willingly because why? They want to live just like we want to. If someone was naked and said, oh, I'm cold, do you have a shirt I can wear? We would give it freely. But what do we do instead? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's what we say to one another. Why do we say that? Because we lack compassion for one another. Well, where is compassion coming from? How does it have to do with the will to live? When you recognize that the persons you encounter want the same as you, which is to live and to thrive, then that automatically breeds compassion because you look upon them and you say, ah, I understand. And we help each other out. Right? When we understand that we all want the same thing, which is to live, we would not go into the jungle and cut off the horn of a rhinoceros or cut off the tusks of an elephant or, or shoot a lion just for shits and giggles. Why? How can tusks adorn me? I have my own. They're called teeth. But what we do is we deem this person's will to live sometimes as more valuable than that person's. There's so many things 
we would not have the oppression of women today if we respected that women have the right to live and they want to. We would not beat up each other within an inch of our lives, mind you. Because we would know and understand that, oh my God, this person wants what I want. We only ever want one thing, and that is to live and to be and to thrive and to express our passion for life. That's what we want to do. And crime would go away or be vastly diminished if we recognize that. Mental health issues would go away. How can you be so sure? You don't know what you're talking about, Angela. Really? Now, society has done some good things. And society has done some not so good things. Good things would be traffic lights. Red means stop, green means go. Amber means slow down, not hurry up. <laughs> right? Um, I love to read a good book. So the fact that I can read English whew, is a good thing. Right? That's a good thing. But... On the same token, society has put a monetary value on things that are priceless. For instance, have you ever looked up at the stars? The Little Dipper, the Big Dipper, Orion's Belt? They, I was looking up at the stars one night and I, I asked the question, why? What caused you to put them up there? And immediately I had an understanding. You see, when I bake bread, I love the feeling of the dough in my hands. I love the smell of the yeast as it fills the room. And when that bread is done baking, what is most exciting to me is to share it with those around me. Whether or not people accept what I share is irrelevant. The point is, I created that loaf of bread and it is tasty and it is beautiful and what do I want? I want others to share in that beauty with me. That's why the stars are up there. And whether or not you look at them and appreciate them doesn't mean they're not up there. That's what I mean about the beauty of life. We want to express the beauty that is our lives. But what we've done is we've put money on something that is priceless. We've heard the term of starving artist. An artist should never have to starve. 
because he's creating something that he wants to share with you or she's creating something that she wants to share with you and says, oh my God, this is beautiful and I want you to see it and partake in it with me. You know what that does? That encourages the other person to create beauty as well and share it with the rest of us. But what we've done, oh, that's worth that much. That's worth that much to the point as to where we've stopped creating for the passion and pleasure of creating. And we simply have cut ourselves off from the beauty that is within us. I have no idea what you just said, Angela. (laughs) You lost me at hello. (laughs) We have lost the understanding that our lives and the will and the desire to live is a beautiful thing. To defend your life is ugly. It is. It is a mar upon existence. How can I say that? Some of us have seen that video of the young lady who was working at McDonald's and the man came in and for some reason she didn't provide him with a straw because I don't know the whole story, but he grabbed her by the throat. He encroached upon her will to live. And when I saw that video, I learned two things. I learned the meaning of defense and I learned the meaning of protect. All in one slew of that video. To defend is what she did. She fought back against him encroaching upon her will to live. She fought back. That is to defend, to fight back. Now, to protect means somebody jumps in to help you and that is what those young men who were standing around her did not do they allowed her to defend herself and they did nothing to protect her now if that man who had come into the restaurant respected the fact that she was a human being and wanted the same thing that he wanted, which is to live, he wouldn't have put his hands on her. I don't have to tell you not to beat your wife. I don't have to tell you not to beat your husband. I don't have to tell you to stop domestic violence. Because it wouldn't happen if you respected the fact that we all want the same thing. But what we have done, oh my God, I got so mad and I beat my spouse because I was under a lot of pressure or I was angry. No, you forgot that the person you live with, their life is also valuable, just like yours is. We have me too. We have time's up. We have the phrase toxic masculinity. 
We would not have those things if we understood that the life of the persons we encounter is valuable, just like ours is. A woman would not have to walk in a group of women to protect herself from being accosted or violated sexually. Because we would know that a woman's life is valuable just as a man's is. But we have forgotten that very important thing because we've been blinded. What have we been blinded by? A family member comes to you and says, I am dying. I just got a, a life, a terminal diagnosis. And you look at them and say, that's God punishing you? <laughs> what? Are you serious? You're going to look at them and say, that's God punishing you? Wait a minute. You have the desire to live just like they do. And when someone is faced with a terminal illness, if you understand and respect the fact that they too want to live and now they're in a position to defend that life, all you want to do, there are no words but all you would want to do is throw your arms around them because it is all you can do. You can't say anything. Just cry with them. Compassion goes a long way in healing, you know. But people say, oh, that's God punishing you. But then they want to turn around and say, God is love. And you know what, you know what I say? I say, yes, God is love. But you are sure as hell not. If we, we want to put the word love, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself because that's what happens. But what is love? Love is the understanding that all life is valuable. And that we should exercise compassion towards each other and ourselves. The first person who should be getting your compassion is you. Because you know why? When you are filled up to the brim of compassion, you overflow with it. Oh my God, Angela, if I did not believe you were crazy then girl I know you crazy now this is some stuff I've never heard before and you don't know what you're talking about I may not know what I'm speaking of but I know what I understand the will to live is inherent within every one of us if we respected that will to live we would not force employees to work more than 
12 hours straight without rest and then tell them, oh, go drive this truck. <laughs> really? Because you want, you want to increase your bottom line? You put their lives in danger? Doctors have to do it. No, make a shorter shift. We don't have enough doctors. Yeah? If you don't have enough doctors, then you, we, we have to look at other things and say that, you know, perhaps there are other alternatives to healing than just the one we have. Because the one we have is stressed. But instead, we work each other to the bone. If we had regard for the will of other people to live, we would not have a pharmaceutical industry the way it is right now. As I said before, there may be many effects happening in the world, but it only stems from one cause. And that cause is the lack of compassion and understanding that all life is valuable. And each person simply has one desire, and that is to live and to live passionately. But for some reason we think we need that red light camera to tell you to slow down. No. You don't. You need to know that if you're speeding, chances are you can take someone's will to live away from them. If you're inebriated or too tired and you're operating heavy machinery, you're taking someone else's will to live. But Angela, I have to work. The only way to reduce the effects of what we are dealing with now, the effect of greed. My son asked me, Mom, what's the difference between being selfish and greedy? I said, being selfish means you take care of yourself first because then you can help other people. Being greedy means I'm going to take what you have so you have nothing so I can have more. Just because. That is greed. Greed is the effect of a lack of compassion for each human being's will to live, to thrive, and to be passionate. Let me touch on this because <laughs> why not? That's why I vehemently disagree with organized religion. I don't have, there should not be ten commandments. There's only one. <laughs> There's only one, you know, and it's not even a commandment. It's just one thing that we have to do. And that is understand that the other person wants exactly what you want. And that is to thrive and to live a passionate life. But they want to live just like you do.
You don't need Ten Commandments. You don't need me having to tell you to protect the vulnerable. We don't exploit them. Because you wouldn't want to exploit anyone. Because why? They just want to live and thrive like I do. That's too easy. Well, you know what? Life is easy, but we complicate it. Someone mentioned to me, my good girlfriend said to me, you know, she's been looking and studying in all these civilizations that have come before us. They all seem to fall, even despite having done phenomenal things. They still all do things that encroach upon the right and will of another. And I said to her, because it flashed into me as soon as she said it, because for as advanced as we become, we forget to practice compassion. We forget. We arrogantly forget to practice compassion. That's why I say we ne- you should never have to have a weapon. Why? What for? What are you defending against? So my encouragement to you after saying all of that is if each one of us would make it our life's mission to respect our will to live and respect the other person's will to live. We would see a vast improvement in our lives and that around us. We would only ever use what, is what we require. We'd never take in excess. And there would never be people who didn't have enough. Well, feel free to engage in this dialogue because this is how we're going to grow and learn and, and change our world. much love hey guys thanks for tuning in today today's podcast is about the will the will I interpret the will as one's desire to exist to live to be to breathe you know we've said it all sometimes oh this person has such a strong will to live such a fighter What a strong will you have to live. That's what it is. Now I've tried to record this. Well, I shouldn't say try to. I have recorded it and deleted it many, many times. Because I I want to get the point across to you that 
We all have the will to live, to be, to survive, to thrive. We all have that will. But for some reason, we've forgotten that that will is inherent in every single one of us. We've forgotten. There are many effects in the world, meaning there are many, there are many reasons why people do things that are harmful to someone else's life. But to me, in my opinion, there's only one cause, and that cause is because we have forgotten. We have forgotten that the people we encounter want the exact same thing that you do, which is to live. We want to live. And this is why I don't like guns. People say, it is my right to bear arms. Oh my God. It is. You have one on the left of you and one on the right. And if you choose to wear short sleeves, you have bare arms. You can bear arms. You bear them every day because they're at your sides. One on the left and one on the right. A gun has one purpose. And that is to end a life. You can't eat with it. You can't sweep the floor with it. You can't mop the floor with it. You can't drive it. You... It's not a decorative piece. It has one purpose, and that is to end a life. Now, people say, I have the right. What you are saying, in effect, is you have the right to live. That's what you're saying. You have the right to live, and you're going to defend that right to live. But... What if you didn't have to defend your life? That's my point today with the will. Everyone has that desire to live. And if we respected that desire to live in each other, we would never have to defend our right to life. You don't have to defend what is yours. For instance, my father always says, lock your door. And I say, why? Why do I have to lock my door? Why do I have to put my name on my sandwich in the fridge? Is it your sandwich? Is the stuff inside of my house yours? No, it is not. It is mine. So I shouldn't have to have a gun in my house to defend my life because somebody's breaking in and trying to take my life. Your life is valuable and your life is beautiful. And need not be defended. 
just like I don't have to defend mine. But you see that? We have forgotten it because we're caught up. We are caught up. What are we caught up in? <laughs> we're not even caught up in living life, you know. <laughs> if we were caught up in living life and expressing the beauty that there is in life, we wouldn't have to defend it. So what are we caught up in? We're caught up in things. Oh, this is mine. That's mine. We are caught up in things. We, ha we have a name for everything. We have a name for everything. And in Barbadian culture, my grandparents, I guess, you know, they'd always say, you have a plaster for every sore or a bandage for every wound. We have a name for everything. But there are some things, there's one thing that cannot be named, really. It just is, which is the will to live. The will to be and to exist. That does not require a name. It just requires to be understood and to be respected. But we have a name for everything. Here's a name. Capitalism. Where you will step over anybody to get something. We frown upon communism. We frown upon socialism. We frown upon fascism. Oh my God. Every single one of those things is an encroachment upon the will of one to live. Because if you remembered and understood that each person you encounter simply wants the same as you to live. We wouldn't have to have a food bank because if someone was hungry and they came and they said, please help me, we would share willingly because why? They want to live just like we want to. If someone was naked and said, oh, I'm cold. Do you have a shirt I can wear? We would give it freely. But what do we do instead? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's what we say to one another. Why do we say that? Because we lack compassion for one another. Well, where is compassion coming from? How does it have to do with the will to live? When you recognize that the persons you encounter want the same as you, which is to live and to thrive, then that automatically breeds compassion because you look upon them and you say, ah, I understand. And we help each other out. Right? When we understand that we all want the same thing, which is to live, we would not go into the jungle 
and cut off the horn of a rhinoceros or cut off the tusks of an elephant or, or shoot a lion just for shits and giggles. Why? How can tusks adorn me? I have my own. They're called teeth. But what we do is we deem this person's will to live sometimes is more valuable than that person's. There's so many things we would not have the oppression of women today if we respected that women have the right to live and they want to. We would not beat up each other within an inch of our lives, mind you. Because we would know and understand that, oh my God, this person wants what I want. We only ever want one thing, and that is to live and to be and to thrive and to express our passion for life. That's what we want to do. And crime would go away or be vastly diminished if we recognize that. Mental health issues would go away. How can you be so sure? You don't know what you're talking about, Angela. Really? Now, society has done some good things. And society has done some not so good things. Good things would be traffic lights. Red means stop, green means go. Amber means slow down, not hurry up. <laughs> right? Um, I love to read a good book. So the fact that I can read English whew, is a good thing. Right? That's a good thing. But... On the same token, society has put a monetary value on things that are priceless. For instance, have you ever looked up at the stars? The Little Dipper, the Big Dipper, Orion's Belt? They, I was looking up at the stars one night and I, I asked the question, why? What caused you to put them up there? And immediately I had an understanding. You see, when I bake bread, I love the feeling of the dough in my hands. I love the smell of the yeast as it fills the room. And when that bread is done baking, what is most exciting to me is to share it with those around me. Whether or not people accept what I share is irrelevant. The point is, I created that loaf of bread and it is tasty and it is beautiful and what do I want? I want others to share in that beauty with me. 
That's why the stars are up there. And whether or not you look at them and appreciate them doesn't mean they're not up there. That's what I mean about the beauty of life. We want to express the beauty that is our lives. But what we've done is we've put money on something that is priceless. We've heard the term of starving artist. An artist should never have to starve. Because he's creating something that he wants to share with you. Or she's creating something that she wants to share with you. And says, oh my God, this is beautiful. And I want you to see it and partake in it with me. You know what that does? That encourages the other person to create beauty as well and share it with the rest of us. But what we've done, oh, that's worth that much. That's worth that much to the point as to where we've stopped creating for the passion and pleasure of creating And we simply have cut ourselves off from the beauty that is within us. I have no idea what you just said, Angela. (laughs) You lost me at hello. (laughs) We have lost the understanding that our lives and the Will and the desire to live is a beautiful thing. To defend your life is ugly. It is. It is a mar upon existence. How can I say that? Some of us have seen that video of the young lady who was working at McDonald's and The man came in and for some reason she didn't provide him with a straw because I don't know the whole story, but he grabbed her by the throat. He encroached upon her will to live. And when I saw that video, I learned two things. I learned the meaning of defense and I learned the meaning of protect. All in one slew of that video. To defend is what she did. She fought back against him encroaching upon her will to live. She fought back. That is to defend, to fight back. Now, to protect means somebody jumps in to help you. And that is what those young men who were standing around her did not do. They allowed her to defend herself and they did nothing to protect her. Now, if that man who had come into the restaurant respected the fact that she was a human being and wanted the same thing that he wanted, which is to live, he wouldn't have put his hands on her. I don't have to tell you not to beat your wife. I don't have to tell you not to beat your husband. I don't have to tell you to stop domestic violence. Because it wouldn't happen if you respected the fact that we all want the same thing. 
But what we have done, oh my God, I got so mad and I beat my spouse because I was under a lot of pressure or I was angry. No, you forgot that the person you live with, their life is also valuable, just like yours is. We have me too. We have time's up. We have the phrase toxic masculinity. We would not have those things if we understood that the life of the persons we encounter is valuable just like ours is. A woman would not have to walk in a group of women to protect herself from being accosted or violated sexually. Because we would know that a woman's life is valuable just as a man's is. But we have forgotten that very important thing because we've been blinded. What have we been blinded by? A family member comes to you and says, I am dying. I just got a, a life, a terminal diagnosis. And you look at them and say, that's God punishing you. What? Are you serious? You're going to look at them and say, that's God punishing you? Wait a minute. You have the desire to live just like they do. And when someone is faced with a terminal illness, if you understand and respect the fact that they too want to live and now they're in a position to defend that life, all you want to do, there are no words but all you would want to do is throw your arms around them because it is all you can do. You can't say anything. Just cry with them. Compassion goes a long way in healing, you know. But people say, oh, that's God punishing you. But then they want to turn around and say, God is love. And you know what, you know what I say? I say, yes, God is love. But you are sure as hell not. If we, we want to put the, the word love, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I, I couldn't help myself because that's what happens. But what is love? Love is the understanding that all life is valuable. And that we should exercise compassion towards each other and ourselves. The first person who should be getting your compassion is you. Because you know why? When you are filled up to the brim of compassion, you overflow with it. Oh my God. 
Angela, if I did not believe you were crazy then, girl, I know you crazy now. This is some stuff I've never heard before and you don't know what you're talking about. I may not know what I'm speaking of, but I know what I understand. The will to live is inherent within every one of us. If we respected that will to live, we would not force employees to work more than 12 hours straight without rest and then tell them, oh, go drive this truck. <laughs> really? Because you want, you want to increase your bottom line? You put their lives in danger? Doctors have to do it. No, make a shorter shift. We don't have enough doctors. Yeah? If you don't have enough doctors, then we have to look at other things and say that, you know, perhaps there are other alternatives to healing than just the one we have. Because the one we have is stressed. But instead, we work each other to the bone. If we had regard for the will of other people to live, we would not have a pharmaceutical industry the way it is right now. As I said before, there may be many effects happening in the world, but it only stems from one cause. And that cause is the lack of compassion and understanding that all life is valuable. And each person simply has one desire, and that is to live and to live passionately. But for some reason we think we need that red light camera to tell you to slow down. No. You don't. You need to know that if you're speeding, chances are you can take someone's will to live away from them. If you're inebriated or too tired and you're operating heavy machinery, you're taking someone else's will to live. But Angela, I have to work. The only way to reduce the effects of what we are dealing with now, the effect of greed. My son asked me, Mom, what's the difference between being selfish and greedy? I said, being selfish means you take care of yourself first because then you can help other people. Being greedy means I'm going to take what you have so you have nothing so I can have more. Just because. That is greed. Greed is the effect of a lack of compassion for each human being's will to live, to thrive, and to be passionate. Let me touch on this because <laughs> why not? That's why I 
vehemently disagree with organized religion. I don't have, there should not be ten commandments. There's only one. <laughs> There's only one, you know, and it's not even a commandment. It's just one thing that we have to do. And that is understand that the other person wants exactly what you want. And that is to thrive and to live a passionate life. But they want to live just like you do. You don't need Ten Commandments. You don't need me having to tell you to protect the vulnerable. We don't exploit them. Because you wouldn't want to exploit anyone. Because why? They just want to live and thrive like I do. That's too easy. Well, you know what? Life is easy, but we complicate it. Someone mentioned to me, my good girlfriend said to me, you know, she's been looking and studying in all these civilizations that have come before us. They all seem to fall, even despite having done phenomenal things. They still all do things that encroach upon the right and will of another. And I said to her, because it flashed into me as soon as she said it, because for as advanced as we become, we forget to practice compassion. We forget. We arrogantly forget to practice compassion. That's why I say we ne you should never have to have a weapon. Why? What for? What are you defending against? So, my encouragement to you after saying all of that is if each one of us would make it our life's mission to respect our will to live and respect the other person's will to live, we would see a vast improvement in our lives and that around us. We would only ever use what is what we require. We'd never take in excess. And there would never be people who didn't have enough. Well, Feel free to engage in this dialogue because this is how we're going to grow and learn and, and change our world. Much love. <laughs>